Whoops. It's definitely <laughs> that day. You're listening to Real Times, the movie sleuth podcast. <laughs> well, she'll be there. <laughs> it's just been this last week and a half has been this constant go. Yeah. It has not stopped with all the house stuff going on here and graduation party stuff and everything else that's going on. It's been, it's been pure bananas. insanity. Mm-hmm. So forgive us if uh, we have some technological glitches here, but I think we got it worked out now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's another episode of Real Crime. Tonight is episode 119. 119. But technically, it's episode 120. Ooh. Because we did the other one-off episode together. Oh. With Steve. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't like an official, official episode. So. We got to do that again. We should do that again. Yeah. We need some more guests on is what we need. So we'll start working on that. So tonight, we're actually going to be talking about um, our favorite, favorite rock and roll biopics. But first, we need to mention our sponsors. Look at the list, Liam. Where's the list? <laughs> oh, shit, it's me. I got to yeah. do the ad copy. Well, yeah. uh, we, we got a sponsorship from Sellermans. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And who else? Uh, Can you from remember? the Flint Institute of Art. Yeah. And projectorscreen.com. Wow. And then it was Defense Lessons? Yeah, the Matador Martial Arts. Matador Martial Arts. Yeah, yeah. You're doing damn good there, son. Yeah. You're a good kid. I've been told that. I don't believe it. <laughs> You're going to get an allowance this You're week. You're going to get, ooh. I'm going to give you an allowance. <laughs> That's right. He's going to get an allowance today here on Real Crime. It involves a belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's after the show. We talk oh, that's about right. it after the, the flogging show. happens later. Yeah. That's the po- that's part of That's how we celebrate yes. a great <laughs> podcast. So, in news this week, uh, Stranger <laughs> Things was huge. Over the 4th of July holiday, mm. it had the largest audience that Netflix has ever had. 40.7 million people have started watching the show, and over 18 million subscription subscriptions have actually already binge-watched the entire thing. That's true. Wow. I that's, saw something like it was like 13% of people who canceled their Netflix went back to watch Stranger Yes. Things. Yep. A large number went back wow. for that. Which is pretty damn cool. Yeah. It was worth it. I really I really enjoyed season three. I think it is, um, as I wrote in my review, we do have a review up of it right now. I thought it was much better connected to the first season. Yeah. I felt like a lot of season two just kind of felt all over the place. This felt like a true sequel. Well, I think the one-off episode in season two really threw people off i enjoyed that myself yeah it just it was it was through the momentum off for me mara what about you have you been watching or no no i I, i'm sorry i gotta be one of these jerks and i don't like strange stranger things i watched i watched most of the first season i think i stopped like two or three from the end because i was like wow i really hate everyone in this show and i don't care about them (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm just going st- to, I was like rage watching it and then I just, you know, I, I, I like myself too much to feel yeah. that way. So yeah, but that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's okay. totally fine. 
not everybody is going to like everything. Yeah. No, I know. And it's like one of those like just big things that everyone talks about. And I'm like, yeah, I just I keep my mouth shut because it's like, you know, I'm not going to nag on your stuff. I get it. There's a bunch of stuff I like that other people don't. Yeah. Oh, did you get to see the Danzig movie yet or no? No. No. We got to figure that out. Danzig, please. Yeah. Danzig, let us watch your strange movie. If you're listening, GD, we need you in Detroit. Yeah. Please. So in other news, Akira is officially getting a 4K Blu-ray release. I believe it's in the fall. So people are a little bit excited about that. And then really not much other news this week. Um, I did pick up on this a little bit before you guys got here. IMDb has actually revealed that it's releasing its first scripted series. Oh, wow. Which is strange. They're, oh, they have their uh, own streaming service? I don't know exactly how they're doing it or if it's going to be on the website. But they're releasing a show called You're Not a Monster. Huh. I don't know what it's about. I don't know details. I don't know anything. Aren't they connected with Amazon? Yes, they are. They're owned by Amazon. Hmm. Huh. That's why everything is linked to Amazon. Yeah, that's yeah. It's strange. Hmm. Yeah. It's good that we... Uh, ooh, it's strange. Yeah, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about the Little Mermaid stuff, but... Go ahead. Yeah. What What is your take on Little Mermaid? I think that in the original story, the Little Mermaid was of Caribbean descent. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with whatever Disney wants to do. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed some of the things they've been doing, translating their animated films mm-hmm. to live action. And I don't really see what's wrong with it. You know, yeah. we live in a a newer, more culturally aware time, and I think that like the Mulan thing, yeah, I, looks I'm, awesome, it looks amazing. I'm really excited for Mu- the new Mulan. Mm-hmm. I loved that as a kid. So just to see a different take on that story, because the Ooh. real Mulan is fascinating, right? Yeah, I was just yeah. Well, I, I have to say that as a redhead you know young girl who liked that movie it's like that's what i want to see but i don't care that much yeah. to, like you know it's like you don't they're not taking away that yeah yeah little mermaid like i i can still watch that if i want you know and it doesn't matter i mean it's like i we, think i think liam you said this on facebook like every, everyone's not gonna care in two months no one cares about the <laughs> disney movies anyway so it, it's it's almost like they just they know that and so they want to like cause this controversy. Yeah. <coughs> what? <laughs> <on> the wrong. <laughs> you okay? I'll survive. <laughs> this happened to me earlier too. Mm. Sucks. But yeah. yes, I agree with you. It's all this rage that everybody has about total BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let it go. It's yeah. the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like seriously. There's far greater things for all of us yeah. to worry right I now, know. like homelessness, Trump destroying Poverty. the world, mm-hmm. you know, global I warming. Don't, I don't know. I got I got to angrily tweet about uh, a children's remake. Yeah. I'm, a yeah. little, I'm a little mad they didn't cast Sling Blade in it. Other than that, I'm, I, yeah. They ignored oh. my pitch. <laughs> I, was, I was all in on it until they turned me down. I want Billy Bob Thornton I want to play Billy Bob to play Triton. Yeah, or uh, Ariel. Ariel. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Why don't they? Why don't Under they the make... sea. <laughs> Under the sea. Under the sea. Mm. Oh man. You should play Sebastian in the Crab. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Ariel. Uh, yeah. You're a bastard. I am. So, 
In new releases this week, we've got Crawl, the movie about the alligator. Which pretty cool. It's getting really good early reviews, so we've got that. Then we've got Stuber, which is a comedy that's coming out, and it's actually produced by Disney. It's one of their first R-rated movies in like the last 10 or 15 years, which is kind of crazy. And then, of course, there is The Cure 40th Anniversary in Hyde Park concert that's Mm -hmm. being released this week, which I'm pretty interested in seeing that. So, suggested viewings. Why don't we start with you this time? Oh, man. <laughs> um, well, my suggested viewing this week, I was gonna, as a joke, say like the girl who sold her bathwater and then the guy vaped it, but you should, you should never watch that. <laughs> you should never watch that video. Um, but oh, that's funny. It's, it's real and it's horrifying. Um, but my suggested viewing this week, um, because of, uh, we are watched a lot of rock and roll biopics is walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. I think it's a pitch perfect satire of the rags to riches story. And I think John C. Riley is not only funny in it, he has a beautiful singing voice. Yes. Yeah. And he's super talented. He's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, my suggested viewing is the uh, the most latest season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They just put it on Hulu. And I mean, if you haven't watched that show from front to, to now, then I definitely suggest that. But the new season just came out and... And I've got, I think I'm like three or four episodes in, and it's it's still just as hilarious. It's they haven't so lost it. They have not lost it. It's so good. And they they kind of went around not having um, Dennis. I can't remember uh, Glenn yeah. Howerton there. Yeah. And you know, I was really nervous about how they were gonna do it because he's great and I just love him. Yeah. But they so far they've done really good. Yeah, I really like I really liked this last season mm-hmm. and the last episode in, in particular is I really can't interesting. Yeah. I can't wait. I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. They're all just fabulous uh, comedic actors. The writing is just some of the best satire ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. I've only seen the first couple seasons, so I need yeah. to get back into it. Yeah. yeah, if you like, if you liked those, yeah. I mean, you're, it just continues with that. I just have a hard time with TV in general. Yeah, I, hear I you need on that. to. I need to get back into TV a little bit more. I yeah. have a hard time with TV shows, and I think like that show, and there's like very few other ones that like I I'll really get into, but they're very few and far between and most of them are like more comedy shows Mm. and see that's the other thing i have a hard time with is comedy because i don't ever feel normal like watching it by myself i always feel like there should be somebody else there with me okay yeah enjoying it yeah yeah but yeah tv and me for some reason Mm. i start watching stuff and then i can't get through it like Mm -hmm. i'll watch like five episodes and then like i'll forget about it yeah yeah i've done that's like almost what i did with stranger things even though i didn't I didn't like the characters, but I did that with Sabrina too. Like I was yeah. like, okay, I like it, but I might go back to it. I might go yeah. back to Stranger Things too. I don't know. I liked Sabrina but. a lot, actually. Like it was it was interesting for yeah. A, a, I liked that run in the comics. I loved that. So it was so much fun. Loved it. That was yeah. like some of my favorite. And Riverdale's stuff. a guilty pleasure of mine. I it's, gotta start that. And see, I started watching I Riverdale and I never finished it. Yeah, I never finished it, and I need to do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so my suggested viewing is of course going to be stranger things season three (laughs) i adored it i literally adored it i didn't like what they did with hopper this Mm. time for the first few episodes but i think as it tapered off and got towards the end i kind of started to get where he was at yeah it, it was a weird uh 
transition. I think if they had a little more time addressing that, because it felt kind of like you feel that year gap between, like the two year gap yeah. between when they release seasons. Because then you're like, oh yeah, oh that was something that happened like it, like two years ago. I don't right, remember right. ever. I don't remember things that happened to me last week. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, especially this month. I have the born Terrible. identity condition. <laughs> <laughs> You have no identity. I have no identity. <laughs> you could just throw me on the street. It'd just be like, you're part of a secret military project. I'll like, probably okay. believe you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, sure. I'm a highly trained assassin. You're a highly trained assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most deadly man alive. <laughs> yep. Well, you are. We all know that by now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I strongly suggest catching up on that show. I just I love those kids. They're just a lot of good this season. So, all in all, that's my suggested viewing for this week. So, we didn't extend this portion out to 37 minutes this time. Yeah. So, we can actually get into our topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a few months ago, we kind of talked about rock and roll movies. Mm. But now, we're going to really talk about biopics. Yeah. You know, true life stories in what? some of the best ones are and some of the worst yeah because mm-hmm. there are some pretty bad mm-hmm. ones out there we won't get into that really bad one yet though yeah yeah we gotta save you have to like savor See. your anger yeah i think that's a good way to go through life it's just let it build until well that's like the irish way where you just let it build until you eventually die <laughs> <laughs> so does this mean you're about to die then um Maybe another, maybe another yeah. like terrible biopic will be the one that okay. does me. <laughs> I don't know yet. I have the Italian anger, so I I'm just constantly just screaming and swearing yeah. and threatening violence in creative ways. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. yeah. And throwing um, stuff too. I like to do that. Yeah. You know, it's I think fun. some of the best biopic biopics. I can't talk today again. It's What's hard, wrong it's with me? It's a hard me? word to say. Biopic. 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 Do some, Maybe that's better. Do some ASMR <laughs> on it. I think out. it can actually go either way, right? Oh, yeah, I love. We're gonna talk about some sweet music movies today. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna whisper the whole time. It's really creepy. It can be like ASMR. Those are so creepy. Yeah, they really are. It, like it's like if you heard that, like people find that relaxing. I just that just gives me chills. Like someone's gonna stab me to death. Yeah, that, that's like, relaxing to some people. Feeling like they're you know constantly on the verge of death. There's some really <laughs> freaky ASMR out there too. There's a girl who ate like a stick of deodorant. Yeah, yeah, and she did it for ASMR. It's like who who wants did she to die? No, she lived, but she wow. recorded it, and it's like it's she's I don't like think it'll kill you, but it's very nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most, it was like, you know when like zombies eat a person? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> it was the most, <laughs> the most horrifying thing. That's, that's what we can use for like Foley. Yeah, know? we can use that. We should add that. Like you should get drops for the show and then just have, that, just have that in there. I do want to start getting some drops for the show. That's yeah. something that I'm going to work on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Deodorant eating. Deodorant <laughs> eating. Deodorant eating. Popcorn. Slobbering popcorn. Slobbering. Del Taco, Del Taco (laughs) Splatterfarts. Never again. Never again. Never. You sound like a man who went to war. I did. Your body went to war. Yeah. You know, I used to eat Del Taco all the time, and it was fine. Mm -hmm. And I used to enjoy, like, my band would play a show, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get Del Taco on the way home. Yeah. Be totally fine. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, a few months ago, it turned on me. 
And I was just like, we're driving home yesterday. I'm like, ah, oh, let's just get something to eat really quick. Let's just go to Del Taco on Hoover. Oh, no, 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 no. Never yeah. no. again. It sticks with you a couple few days, too, with Del Taco. Yeah, <laughs> I was like in bed like at like 2.30 yesterday. Like, I'm yeah. going to bed. Alicia's like, are you okay? Like, hospital? You know, food poisoning? What's yeah. going on? I'm like, I think it's just the Del Taco shits. Yeah. You'll forget about it. Well, you're recording it now, so maybe yeah. You won't, no, this was per, this is a you'll forget uh, about it. Like, like no, no, no. Record. This is good record keeping. Yeah. And literally, like, just like I remember, I got food poisoning from Jet's Pizza one time, uh-huh. and it took me like four years to go back there and ever eat it again. Yeah. That's where I'm at with the Del Taco now. You have to like write a note, like be like the memento guy, where you have it tattooed yeah. on <laughs> yourself. Del, Del Taco with like Del a Taco and the no thing. Yeah, and every time I go in there, I'll have to rip my you shirt have to off. Rip your shirt off. No, Del Taco. You got to flex. Actually, I'll probably have to write it backwards so you can see it in the mirror. <laughs> wake up! Where the hell did I get this tattoo? It's terrible. It's terrible. Never again, Del Taco. I'm turning down Del- anything you offer me as far as a sponsorship goes. Yeah, we don't. Del Taco is it. canceled. It's delicious. It's not for me. I love it. I'll still eat it. Del Taco is canceled. Del Taco is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Go so, off, King. <laughs> so, biopics, mm-hmm. biopics. Yes. There's a lot of really, really good ones out there. Mm. The first one I'm going to mention here is obviously Rocket Man. Yes. We kind of discussed this in private mm-hmm. last week. If I could recommend one of these movies, this would be the one that I would probably recognize like as one of the best ones ever. Yeah. It didn't do very well at the box office, but I thought Taron Edgerton's performance as Elton John was absolutely astounding. He sang all the songs in the movie, and yes, they let you know going into this, it's it's a rock and roll fantasy. It's not all real life, yeah. but the way they offered up a tight-knit story about Elton John's life, and they used the music to basically translate everything to the screen Mm -hmm. and kind of let you know you know about his emotions and his sexuality and everything it's all in there within the music and within the performances it's a great film i think it's really it's really interesting that in the year 2019 we're now getting to the point where we can have like full-on musical rock operas that are about like addiction and someone's sexuality in a wide release movie that's amazing um, what I really appreciated about Rocket Man was that it felt honest. You know, yes, it's a musical fantasy. Yes, there's a moment where he literally turns into a rocket and right. shoots in the air. Mm-hmm. But it's at its core is a story of a guy who struggles with his own identity and he struggles with addiction. And I found that to be really moving. I, I cried a lot watching this movie. Um, and Taron Edgerton singing it. My God, that kid has a set of pipes. Just beautiful. And yeah, I highly recommend it, especially if you want to cry your eyes out. Yeah. Well, I want to see it. I, I wanted to, but now I really do. I think you'll really enjoy it. <clears throat> yeah. The, um, the, the costume design mm-hmm. is so spot on, and the stage design and the live performances are so like just realistic in this. Mm-hmm. It's great absolutely great but again he actually sings the songs in the movie yeah. so that makes it That's even cool. more realistic yeah but yeah the backstory to this it's super tight you get a feel of who he was as a little boy when he first started learning to play piano 
and you know his mom was just kind of a lunatic kind of, yeah mm. but you can see where it all came from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i don't know if this is even still in theaters i i hope that when it's out on digital more people go to see it, go watch it because it's a it's a truly wonderful film that um it was probably a victim of the time it was released it was released in may mm-hmm. um maybe they should have promoted it more during pride yeah or they should have waited closer or to closer to awards awards because yeah. Taron Egerton's <clears throat> great in this. Um, Jamie Bell, who plays Bernie Toppin, is fantastic. Oh yeah! Oh my yeah. gosh! When he um, Richard Madden, who plays his uh, his agent, is man. There's there's some good stuff in there. There's really nothing bad that I can say about this movie. Mm. So just out of curiosity, what what portion of his career does it cover? Like up until it covers no, it covers from when he's a child Uh to the release of "I'm Still Standing." Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! Which is like eighty three, eighty four, eighty three, yeah, eighty three. Which kind of was almost the height. Like he had Mm -hmm. other hits after that, but this that was the big pop hit. That was kind of when at that point. Now he's kind of a living legend yeah. after that yes so, yeah. but yeah. and they do the video and in the movie it is i remember yeah. that. and they yeah, replace cool. him they replace alton john with turn edgerton yeah. with the actual footage from the video oh, really it's really really cool yeah it's really cool yeah, yeah. sound design is amazing mm-hmm. set design is amazing just Costumes. staging too like yeah. for it this is like the first musical i've seen in a while where it actually like is really well choreographed and doesn't look like they learned it like 10 minutes before they shot. Yes. Um, especially the Saturday nights, All Right for Fighting. I That whole sequence was like, okay, so this movie's good. We're yeah. good. Yeah. All right, Mara. Um, I The best one, in my opinion, is The Runaways. That's because, I mean, mainly because that's one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um. I read the book it was based on, so when it came out, I was so excited to see it. And, um, I mean, pretty much I think the best thing about the movie is are the performances. uh, Joan Jett, uh, what's her name there? Kristen Stewart. She was so much like her. Talk about, like, you know, just her body movements, the way she talked, just the way she carried herself, and um, I... I guess she had like worked one on one with her, mm-hmm. and you can you can just tell she she picked her up like she got it absolutely yeah and one of my favorite performances of hers yeah and like I've I've never seen anything else with her in it I never I you know I haven't sat down and watched any of the Twilight films I've seen bits and pieces and I know I get an idea of like how she is and I hear all the you know bad talk about how horrible she is and I'm like well she must have been a crap character because she does an amazing job as Joan Jett amazing. Well, and I think that's with a lot of actors and actresses, you'll hear, oh, they're a crap person. They're not a nice person. They're not mm-hmm. this. They're not that. They don't really have to be a yeah. nice person. No. And yeah. a lot of these people that are great actors, they have, as we've seen, like take Kevin Spacey, yeah. Yeah. massive character flaws. Yeah. But that's kind of what makes them such good actors. Yeah. And if you're going to put yourself in a role, there mm-hmm. might sometimes there has to be a little switch there has to be a You're disconnect. right, to be able to like get that so well and pretend to be it and be convincing. You exactly. Know? Yeah. 
I mean, some of the greatest actors ever have been a little bit off. Yeah. I think think she gets, and same with Pattinson, where she gets the backlash because, like, people people saw those movies and then haven't seen the stuff that they did for the past, like, five years where they've Mm -hmm. been doing it, like, Mm -hmm. toiling away in these indies, Mm -hmm. doing it. I say toiling as if it's not, like, they're doing good work that's satisfying. Right. It's stuff that people probably haven't seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I think if people saw those, it wouldn't nearly be as like critical. Right. People aren't willing to do that legwork, though. Yeah. They would rather bitch on Facebook or Twitter or yeah. wherever. Yeah. About, oh, well, he sucked in Twilight. Well, you know what? Twilight, honestly, as bad as they were, it got them somewhere. It did. It, yeah. it got them from point A to point B. You wouldn't really know who Kristen Stewart is mm. unless she did. Yeah. Those movies. Oh, she'd Dakota just be Fanning. The girl, she'd just be the girl from Zathura. Right. Dakota Fanning was in Twilight too. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she. I mean, I don't think any. No one really had ever denied that she was a great actress. Yeah. But she does. I mean, the choreography in this. She does the stage moves for Cherry Bomb exactly like Sheree Curry. And you know, same thing. Sheree Curry wrote the, wrote the book that the movie's based on. So. You know, she was there every step of the way being like, this is how you do this move and, you know, showing her and everything. And they just she got it. And they sang, too, which, you know, Dakota Fanning. I mean, she's not awesome, but she did it. She carried it off. And, you know, I appreciate that because it is like like you said, Liam, it's more realistic when they have these people doing these impressions of like these iconic rock stars and then all of a sudden they're lip syncing to the like the album version you're like okay now i'm watching a movie and i'm watching someone pretend but when they sing it themselves and they're doing the performance it's all part of it so you buy it Mm -hmm. it's interesting how that works there was a biopic they did it was made for British TV that was about NXS. I've always been a huge fan of NXS. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I will tell anybody that. Everybody knows that about me. They did a biopic on British television, mm-hmm. basically about NXS and Michael Hutchins. Mm-hmm. And the casting was really off, mm-hmm. but it was that. They still kind of did a decent job playing the roles, but then when it came to the stage performances, it was all lip syncing mm-hmm. and nobody knew how to play their instruments and things weren't timed correctly. That takes you totally you out. You notice that. You notice that. Well, because you go, oh, wow, they nailed it in one take and it sounds exactly like the studio recording. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 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 Great I job, didn't guys. Know uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And every time that happens in a movie, you just go, oh. Really? It takes you out of it. You want to like yeah. forget that you're watching a movie and like not be cognizant of the fact that there, you know, there's there's cameras set up and people are in mm-hmm. costume and you know you don't want to think about that, but you do when they do that. Yeah. But, but I will agree with you on the Runaways. That yeah. is, that movie gets that down and dirty '70s, early '80s yeah. kind of grind, grimy, nasty yeah. feel. Of them coming up. And it's a grimy, nasty story, too. Way yeah, more than they even yeah. say in that movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot that they don't talk about that I kind of wish they would have. Yeah. 
But I think they wanted, well, I think they wanted young girls to watch it. Mm -hmm. But I still think knowing that they still should have put that nasty, grimy stuff in because it was young girls that it happened to. So, yeah. And there's a lesson to be learned. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. I think if had that movie come out like now, that nasty, grimy stuff would be in there. You're probably right. I think because now we're like now we're at least acknowledging that there's a problem. Yeah. With Mm -hmm. that, like. Yeah, that level of misconduct mm-hmm. and and the kind of stuff that Michael Shannon's character I cannot remember the name of Kim the guy, Fowley Kim Fowley did to these girls. Yeah, he was nasty. Oh, and and I think that's something that more of these movies should reckon with. I don't think it'll happen because the bands and the singers and the people and the agents are probably the ones who are producing them. So you're never gonna yeah. like have a 100 percent warts and all biopic. Mm-hmm. But Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon's fucking fantastic he's amazing in it and they asked kim fowley i saw this youtube clip of him and they they said you see the runaways movie he was like yeah and they're like what'd you think and he's like i loved it and they said what did you think of michael shannon's portrayal of you and he was like spot on perfect (laughs) and i'm like wow he has no shame yeah he's got no shame because they do not portray him favorably Mm -hmm. at all no he's a total scumbag yeah yeah he is the the typical rock and roll agent scumbag taking advantage of anybody and anything mm-hmm. he can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In any hole he can. Nasty. It's <laughs> not to be gross. But. It's, no, that's not gross. That's just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many of these like conversations we have about the biopics of and the like the events of that era are like rose tinted kind of nostalgia trips where they're like, Oh man, we all got along, we all had a great time. Mm-hmm. No, there was fucked up shit happening. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's a, like one of the cons I think of The Runaways is that it does have a little bit of that. But as a fan and as someone who read <clears throat> the uh, Neon Neon Angels and uh, know, knew the history of the people in the band, I knew that when Cherie Curry wrote that book that she was not on good terms with anyone mm-hmm. in the band. And by the time they made the movie, her and Joan Jett made up and were able to reconcile a lot of stuff. And a lot of the movie ends up being about their relationship. And I, so I, I enjoy that as a fan, like being able to see them reconnect and do that. But it is kind of not that true. It kind of does paint it with the rose colored glasses. And it also, they also were like not getting along with Lita Ford at the time. So she's really portrayed really horribly. And like after that movie came out, they ended up making up with her and Sheree Curry did like albums with her and they, perform runaway songs on stage at Lita Ford shows and everything. So it's just kind of sad that like she didn't get out on that movie yeah, too. That we didn't get to hear her side of the story. Yeah. I wonder why they yeah. did that. Cause like everything you ever see with Lita Ford, she seems like the most like well collected. Yeah. Nice, talented. Mm-hmm. Like she's a great singer yeah. and yeah, she's she a is. phenomenal guitar player mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's just weird that they would kind of, do that to her mm-hmm. yeah because because that's what it was it was Cherie curry and joan jett's thing and they weren't talking to her i i mean it's sad and it is what it is but i per, lita ford's my favorite member of the band yeah i think she's i don't want to say she's most talented but i don't know she kind of is she's like my favorite i like Cherie curry too though i really like yeah. her voice so i think joan jett like really i still love her to this yeah. day yeah like she basically and I know she's done stuff with them but yeah. to me she's kind of like the 80s Dave Grohl. Yeah, like, I know what yeah. you mean by that. Yeah. 
she and her and Dave Grohl got together and yeah, did some stuff. Yeah, so. they've done music together now too. But she was kind of like Grohl, like I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah, it's gonna be rock and roll, and you're gonna like it or you're not gonna yeah. like it. Yeah, and she's done it for 40 years now. Yeah, and she never stops. Mm-hmm. She's just like this one woman wrecking crew with her backing band. Yeah. And she just does what she wants. She doesn't care if the stuff sells anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go on tour and people are going to show and I'm going to do my thing. Well, now she yeah. has her uh, production company, the Blackhearts Productions. And she did, she produced uh, L7's new record. Which and, is sweet. Yeah. And she produced Sheree Curry's new solo record that just came out for Record Store Day. So, That's I That's mean, pretty sweet. I know. So she's, she's. I mean, it's cool that she's like given back to other people now. Yeah, she's, yeah. The thing with L7 is really cool. They were supposed to have a, a crowdfunded uh, album, and they got scammed, and they didn't get that money. And so, like Joan Jett, kind of like wow, helped them out. And it's kind of shocking they don't have them. a record deal anymore. I know, right? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. sad yeah. because they're. It's the industry now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the industry. It's how it is. It's hard. Yeah. Not even to like defend Morrissey because I know he's such a dick. Yeah. But I mean, like, he's an icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a dick and an icon. Mm-hmm. But a he he has no a dick con. A dick con. He has <laughs> like no real record deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all independent for him now mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So all these you know people from the eighties and nineties yeah. they don't have those multi million dollar contracts like they had before. Right. So Liam. All right, so this is a biopic I saw relatively recently. Uh, it's Love and Mercy, and it's the story of Brian Wilson. And I found it to be one of the more moving movies I've seen in a while. Um, I was kind of worried because it's a Beach Boys movie, and I was worried it was going to be like, here's the fun surf rock. No, it's no. not a fun movie. It's a movie about a man who's having an active mental breakdown. It's told in two eras. Um, the first era is the Pet Sounds era, and that's play- And he's played by Paul Dano, who um, plays the version of the breakdown so heartbreakingly that you just want to hug this guy. You just want to tell him, hey, man, it's all right. People will like the album. It's okay. Just stop, dude. And then you have John Cusack, who is the older Brian Wilson, who is this um, kind of drugged-out husk of a person. Yes. His doctor, who's played by Paul Giamatti, who's almost always in biopics, is the asshole. Of course. It's always Paul Giamatti. (laughs) Like in Private Parts, in uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yep. It's always, if you cast Paul Giamatti in your movie, he's always going to play an asshole. Yes. And he plays a really fucking horrible person in uh, Love and Mercy. Like basically holding this man um, hostage, like day in, day out. And it's an interesting way they weave those two timelines together. Um, it's not what I expect a Beach Boys biopic to be. And I think um, if you love the music, it's good. But if you love a story about you know, artistry and mental health, I think you, people will really enjoy Love and Mercy. And see, like when I first watched this, I really didn't get the split between Paul Dano and John Cusack. But I think realistically it worked very well after thinking about it because it almost represented his personality split Mm -hmm. like the shift in the younger brian wilson and the older brian wilson it was really kind of interesting well they feel like two different people you're you're checking in like if it was just paul dano or if it was just john cusack it would feel inauthentic john cusack is like too old 
to play young 20-something mm-hmm. Brian Wilson. And Paul Dano is kind of baby-faced. Yes, he is. He's, he can't really, like, play the Brian Wilson that they need him to play. Be the Brian innocent. Wilson we need right yeah, now. Yeah, we need you to... <laughs> Paul, we need you to go method and have an active mental breakdown. Um, and I, what I found about it was that it was <clears throat> really sympathetic and really kind. And uh, Paul Dano also sings the music in the film, which is another recurring theme tonight, is that the better ones are the ones where the actors actually try to perform perform the songs and sound like the singers. And there's moments in this movie where Paul Dano sounds like Paul Brian Wilson, where you can't really tell the tell two parts. And I just, yeah, I loved it. I cried my eyes out. It was great. You and you're crying all the time. Yeah, man, I feel I'm going to send you a box of those tissues I own stock. Send me some. <laughs> not only for for after the show. The postage, the postage won't the postage, be very much. Yeah. yeah. You send too many tissues. Dude. I know. You sent me exactly sixty nine tissues. Yeah, you bro. hand counted them. <laughs> That's the fucked up. Part. And then hand folded them. You hand folded them, and there was weird letters like the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Yeah. I Why? love Zodiac, though. I don't know. Yeah. Just because I want to be extra said, creepy. Yeah, it just said I'm the third revolution. <laughs> revelation. Hey, Liam, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, when's the next article? I am the third revelation. <laughs> and then it says, I like killing people. Yeah. Hunting yeah. people is the greatest game. <laughs> it's on like pig's blood, too. That's really fucked <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, dude. I know. That's I really know. fucked up. My mom told me to stop. And I'm like, sorry, yeah. I can't. <laughs> Using the money on the site to fund <laughs> your weird, <Yeah>. weird <laughs> messaging service. Wait, money? Money. 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 Yeah, yeah. Is there money? <laughs> oh, Nobody shit. told me about the money. That's true. You broke your microphone. I broke my mic. It'll be fine. Okay. I think you're okay. All right. I don't want to have to deep throat this mic. <laughs> no comment. No uh, so moving on, for me, there's a lot of really general ones I could bring up, but I think one of the better ones of the last decade is Control. Which is about Ian Curtis from Joy Division. Oh yeah, this movie is really cool because the performances are dead nuts. Everybody in the movie looks their part, like exactly. And the guy that plays Ian Curtis in the movie looks just like him. He's the same height, same stature, and does all the weird like epileptic dancing. And the entire movie is black and white too. So you get that old European feel to it. I'm a huge fan of Joy Division, and his story is so sad. And this movie translates like the brilliance of the music and the character he put into the vocals and everything really well. And just the story. I mean, he killed himself, you know, before he was like 30 years old. And all of that's in the movie. It's just a really good take on the musical being creative Mm -hmm. and the movie talks about you know he's just working in an office job but he really wants to be doing music it's that whole thing that creatives feel like i don't belong here stuck in this Mm -hmm. box i should be out creating you know and he was really held down by that and the movie just portrays that perfectly so if you guys get a chance see it i don't know if either you guys like joy division at all i'm like Kind of a few songs here and there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Their catalog is really cool. They were very creative for the time, kind of groundbreaking Mm -hmm. and very, very art. You know, everything was very artistic. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, control, yes. 
see it. All right, next one. Um, let me look at my list here. I wrote down a couple, drawn a blank. Okay, um, I th- I went back and forth on whether or not I should mention it because I don't. It's not exactly rock, but I'm gonna go with it because I think that maybe it's a precursor to rock, but okay. it's a music biopic anyway, and it's the Glenn Miller story with oh yeah James Stewart yeah um and I and I decided to it, it goes along with rock because one of the uh, things in the movie that I thought was interesting when I saw it because I, I didn't know is that um and, and I watched this because I love Jimmy Stewart so I was like any Jimmy Stewart movie I'm watching and it was on Netflix and I was like all right but um a lot of the like he got a lot of flack at the time because his music was a little more like raucous I guess than you know, some other things that were going on. Like way more upbeat. Yeah, and, you know, he was like, people had like the rock and roll attitude about him back then, and I I thought that was really interesting. But but the thing about the story that I really like is the love story about him and his wife, and um, talk about crying. He, I don't know if either you know, but he was ended up getting lost during World War II um, in a plane. Yeah, he was supposed to, he was on his way to a performance and uh he was just he never never was found he probably got shot down no one knows but he never yeah. showed up yeah because it says died over the english channel yeah. in december 44 uh, yeah hmm. and huh? it's so yeah. sad because his wife's like listening you know to wants to hear the concert and he just he never shows up and um the little in, in, inside joke that they had was like her favorite song was a little brown jug and he was like oh that's horrible it's i can't believe you like i'm marrying someone who has such a bad taste in music <laughs> you know you tease her about it and uh i i don't know if this is true but this was a great movie moment he never shows up but they were like we're gonna have the sh-, you know the show's gonna go on anyway the way he wanted it and the first song was a little brown jug for, like for her and i just started crying yeah, that's kind of... Uh, yeah, that would get me too. Yeah. <laughs> I got chills. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. It's just, it was, it's a, it's a very good, it's a very, like, J- Jimmy Stewart is just great. And he, and I can't think yeah. of the woman who plays his wife now, but I it mean... It was do, 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 June Allison. There you go. Uh, they had great chemistry. I mean, I think any woman had great chemistry with Jimmy Stewart. He and he just plays Glenn Miller as just like this passionate man and it's it's a great movie. I have not I think I've only ever seen this one time. Yeah. I have not seen it. I love Jimmy Stewart too. So I Yeah, it's a real, it's a good Jimmy Stewart role. And I, I even have the soundtrack. Um it's on 45s. I don't think Jimmy Stewart ever had a bad role, did he? <sighs> Mr. Hobbs takes a vacation maybe, yeah. but okay. I yeah. liked that movie. I mean, some people I might think it's kind of on his low end. Yeah, yeah. but I uh, yeah. yeah I can't say anything bad about You're bad Jimmy Stewart. Talking my rules. <laughs> <laughs> Talk shit, get hit, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Clarence. Yeah, that's what happens. You talk shit, you get hit. Yeah, sorry, that buddy. Street rules. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, Liam, yeah. give us another All one. All right. Um, I recently, I was thinking about it was the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. That's one of those movies that for me, I know Gary Busey as like the raving crazy dude. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like the guy mm-hmm. like Predator 2 and Lethal Weapon. So to see this movie was just kind of like 
just a revelation. And he really captures Buddy Holly's presence, and it's such an interesting story. Um, you know, the tragedy of what happened to Buddy Holly and, and how he was, like, really the precursor to all the mainstream rock that mm-hmm. came yeah. from him was just, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I think he's great in it, and yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking, fucking A, that's such a sad way to go. Oh, he died so young. I know. So much potential, too. Like, well, it was him, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. And, oh, man. Yeah. The that's, day the music died. Yeah. Yeah. They should, they should make a song about that. Oh. <laughs> that's I can of, write it. Everybody forgets. We have an idea for a movie. A, Everybody a, forgets that that song ever existed. That's a biopic trope in there right there. Yeah. They're I'll like, have Danny Boyle direct it. And we'll just call it the day the music died. Yesterday, part two. <laughs> that's such a that's such a biopic moment, though. They always have that scene where they're like struggling, like in front of the piano, yeah, like strumming a guitar. It's like, <laughs> a magical moment. My my Miss American oh my. Pie. Yeah. <laughs> and then hard cut, hard cut to the studio recording, and he's just jamming out. And then hard cut hard to cut concert. To concert records. Wow, the biggest, the hottest single in all of America, American Pie, is hitting light up With women with the cones. And the bras on at the concert. <laughs> oh my God. Crying. Don McLean, I love you. It's the only good song you ever wrote, but we love you anyways. <laughs> what other songs did, did he write? I don't know. Yeah. Like none. He just, he just peaked and was like, uh, hey, hey, I wrote. Yeah, they're gonna make here. this song into a teen sex comedy. Yes, my mom had a greatest hits, but I don't think she yeah. ever listened to any other song. <laughs> yeah, because it was an album that had one song on it. It was, it was just American Pie like twelve times. It said greatest hit. His bio, his biopic <laughs> would just be a scene of that, and then just him like kind of hanging out at his house. He's like, like getting old. I'm really like, sad. What do you think about this song? It's American Pie in parentheses again. <laughs> he probably has like some huge fan base oh, and like tons does. of albums that were offending sick. them all. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. be so offended. Please send your emails to I will not read these emails at gmail.com. That is a real email. I will not read these emails. Please don't send them at gmail.com. Maybe I could <laughs> a write a sequel. Hit American Pie. Now let's English tea. That's my next song. English tea. English yeah. tea. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, well, I can't write any songs. I guess it's time to write a teen sex comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't think of a title, so he's like, what do I call this? Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, oh, um, uh, American Pie. <gasps> I hit gold again. <laughs> Do you so, think do you think Jason Biggs really fucked the pie in that movie? Probably. He probably is a method. Because he was like, after this, I'm not gonna have much of a career, so he, why don't I just do it with the pie? I heard I heard the reason that they didn't make a sequels, more sequels, is because he's too much of a method actor <laughs> and he can't stop fucking pies. <laughs> is that why they got him out of Orange is the New Black? That's too? true. He he literally it was uncontrollable on set. He just sees a pie, he just pulls he's, it. Yeah, he's like yeah. game on. Well, you know, he got cancelled. <laughs> 
I thought I thought that was weird because they had that whole segment, that whole like storyline about him coming, and I was like, really, I have to think about this again with him. You, like literally, yeah. no one like, in the what? world doesn't associate him with coming. No. I know. That's just like imagine if that was you. Man, that guy's <laughs> whole career is just people just knowing what you look like when you clean yeah. your jeans. The pie, the dad walking in on him. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. He he ruined himself. He yeah. ruined he ruined himself and he ruined that pie. Yeah, he did. That's the worst too. That's a, disrespectful a to fine, his mom, to be honest. But fine piece of you know what I heard? About that I hate that. That pie did have an orgasm. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. The pie consented, so it was okay. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> the pie was cool with it. It's like, yeah, you could call me anytime you want, Jason. I'm down. Wow, I, it's a masculine pie. It's, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> it, it, it's a That's pie a with shocker. It, it, it tried to do he the He gave shocker. the pie the shocker. He tried to do the shocker. <laughs> I was so close. Of course I. So close. Okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? Anyway, what's the topic? <laughs> <laughs> the Big Bopper. Jason the ben. Big Bopper. Oh, Richie Jason, Valens. yeah. Yeah. Jason Biggs, Big Bopper. Jason Biggs. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So next one. <clears throat> I think we should talk about the bad one now. I think we should touch on Bohemian Rhapsody and why it's so bad. <laughs> All right. You, do you want me to go open I'll, I'll start. Go for it. You know, most of these movies that we've talked about so far are heavily based in reality unlike rocket man which is based in reality but they kind of fantasize a little bit but i almost feel like bohemian rhapsody is more of a fantasy because they changed so much to make it uh, like a pop culture reference on film Mm -hmm. everything had to be happy there's Nothing, yeah, obviously him getting HIV and then AIDS, that's all sad. But the way they portray Freddie in kind of a negative light and the way they altered the story, the, oh, we have to play Live Aid because Freddie's dying. Because Freddie has AIDS. And, you know, we got to get the band back together to play Live Aid. band never broke up, number one. Freddie didn't have AIDS at the time they played Live Aid. They didn't even know that this was going on with him at that point. It was it was almost two years after that happened before he even was diagnosed with HIV. Or yes. The other thing about the movie is that it kind of slut shames Freddie Mercury. It it kind of slut shames and it kind of straight washes him. Mm. We never we see a moment where he kisses his girlfriend, but apparently the way you get HIV according to Bohemian Rhapsody is if you look at another man. Uh oh. <laughs> it's the truth. It's it it wow. literally it's shown in a glimpse. And it's that's so insulting to to Freddie Mercury, who is this icon because he was fantastically gay. That's who he was, and it's and, fine. And that's fine. But you know, I can I can see what it was. I can see the studio thought process going. Well, the Chinese and the Russians don't like gay stuff in their movies, so let's cut it out. And they uh, they had to cut out even the minimal gay stuff they had in this movie. So they're like, oh, we did an alternate cut of it in China. We took out all the gay stuff. I was like, what, all eight seconds? It actually cut out a glimpse. It angers me, to be honest, because I am a huge Queen fan, and I've always loved Queen ever since I was a kid. And I had multiple Queen fans like, oh, I love that movie because it was such a great story and blah, blah. Okay, the musical performances are great. 
the inclusion of so many great songs. Awesome. There, there is some good in the film, but it just left a dirty taste in my mouth because I'm watching it going like, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And I hate even more the fact that Brian May and what's the drummer? I can't remember his name right now. Roger Taylor. Yeah. They were on set manipulating the film to make it what it was instead of a real biopic. I I think the other thing that really deeply, you know, we could talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, oh, yeah, it has a great soundtrack, but that doesn't mean it's a movie. You know, you notice it's a video. It's it's practically a music video. The only things that people have been like actually, well, they go, well, Liam, you know, the movie may not be good, but um, Live Aid. You know, they they recreated this whole thing with uh, a lip sync. They they redid it. You have to a- admire the the hard work that went into it, and that's great. It's nice that they restaged something shot for mm-hmm. shot, but if it doesn't have meaning or any purpose, it's just a replica. Right. It's yeah. just you going, oh, we got uh we got Rami Malek in this nice little costume, and you remember this? It doesn't add to the story. It doesn't feel like a triumph. It just feels like an exercise in empty nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you can just go and watch those performances too. So, I, I mean, I would, I would rather just watch Live Aid. That's honestly what you can do, and that's what I would say. Is, YouTube. That's what I would say is, yeah. Okay, why do yeah. I have to pay twelve fifty or whatever tickets cost now a lot to go see a two-hour movie when I can see the best parts of it online that aren't made by the movie? And I can read a book that tells me this the true story. Yeah. No one sings in the movie. Rami Malek does not sing. He, it's the teeth in the movie look like a bad SNL thing. They do. They do. I, that's part of the reason why I haven't seen it. And part of the reason why is every time I see clips, I just can't it get over it. It hurts. Yeah. It's every, every part of this movie is frustrating. The editing is terrible. There's a scene where they're, they are having a conversation with the manager. And there's 67 cuts in a scene oh where it is gosh. literally just people around a table talking. Yeah, I, someone, yeah. I, no I think moment. Michelle posted that on Facebook, and I watched that. And that was another reason why I was like, I don't think I can watch this. I got a headache. I was just, ugh. I think you should watch it, though, just to now know yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm curious, but I, I'm going like, to have to fast forward and like, have a lot of snacks to like keep me into it. I mean, yeah. I think I we're kind of for a bad movie. We're kind of coming to a good point here, where we're kind of realizing what makes a good one and what makes a bad yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And I think the good ones are the ones that really dig their heels in and yeah. say, "No, everything wasn't pretty. Everything mm-hmm. wasn't rainbows and ponies and unicorns. Mm-hmm. Bad stuff happens. These people are rock and roll stars, but they're still human beings." that go through the same struggles that all of us mm-hmm. go through, sometimes even worse, mm-hmm. because you throw in that portion of fame yeah. that's thrown into the mix, yeah. changes everything. And it's something that not many people can ever relate to. Exactly. So, yeah. so we know where the good ones come from, but this is, to me, One I'd of, say it's like the worst of the worst. I wow. Yeah. I mean, another thing that I have a really big issue with we talked about how it's you know relatively straight watched is that when we're talking about um rocket man there's a character 
in Rocket Man, who is also in Bohemian Rhapsody, that manager character, right. who is also Elton John's lover, is in both movies. And would you know? And it's it's really like I don't want to compare these two movies, but they are the exact opposite of each other. Oh, they are. They in, are in how they get every almost like just basic things wrong in Bohemian Rhapsody. I think one big difference here, though, you know, that I will point out, Elton John's still here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Elton John had a like, voice. He had a voice and mm-hmm. creative input on this thing where Freddie, you know, there's nobody around other than maybe, you know, family members. Yeah. His estate mm-hmm. that's maybe going like, well, we could stick up for him. Yeah. Or we can soak Get up Oscar. the millions of dollars. Yeah. Get Oscars and money. Which, yeah, that's a hard choice, really. If, especially if they are not like close to him yeah. right. while he was alive, you know. So, I just wanted to voice that about Bohemian Rhapsody because we've never really talked about it much yeah. here. And since we're on the topic, I know a lot of people love it. A lot of people tell me yeah. I'm an idiot for I've, despising so it. So many people say, I, I agree with you on things, but your Bohemian Rhapsody take is wrong. And I will tell you I am adamant. I've tried to watch this movie twice. I tried to watch it again this weekend, and it made me so angry I shut it off. Yeah. That's how uh, That's how much of a hair trigger this mo- I, I have for it. this movie. I mean, like movies that I d- dislike, like Aquaman I didn't like, yeah. but I still respect, and I actually bought the Blu-ray for yeah. me and my kid to watch because the colors and yeah. the huge scope of the movie. It's a nice-looking movie. Bohemian Rhapsody, I won't. I won't purchase this movie. I will not spend another dime on it. Because it's not even worth like two ninety nine on the family video bargain bin. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. They should have stuck with the original version with Sasha Baron Cohen, the R rated version. But those guys were like, "Oh no, 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 we can't do an R rated version." A wow. rock epic. Yeah, I'd love to see that rated movie. R. That's crazy. I would be a masterpiece. Yeah. All right. So I'll get off my high horse on hating <sighs> on this now. There we go. We I, the hate. I can feel it. It was cathartic. We let it out. And I'm not. Got gonna, it and now I'm not closer to death. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. We backed you up. We, we backed I got you another up. year. Now, I, well, I have two that I want to talk about left, and I one of them I kind of liked, and the other one honestly I thought I liked, and I don't know if I like. So maybe I'll. You know what? I'm gonna go with the one I think is bad, and I, this might be a really controversial right. opinion. That's okay. The Doors. And this I don't like it because. I think they go way too like overboard with mm-hmm. with who Jim Morrison was. Yeah. I don't know Absolutely. if any human yeah. being could acted like him in that movie. It's like yeah. ridiculous. It's Oliver Stone. Oliver oh, yeah. Oliver Stone is a allegedly coked out psychopath. We oh. should say allegedly. Well, I watched that movie and it's I can tell oh, you oh, that it's yeah. confirmed because somebody I know worked as a production assistant for him. Yes. Yeah. He's okay. a madman. Yeah, but. well, that's how the movie is made. It's very just like it starts off, and it's you know Jim Morrison meets meets Ray Manzarek, and he's you know they they really you know they they dig each other, and they start the band, and you know it's you're watching them get do it, and then all of a sudden it's like that just goes into nothing. The movie just meanders, and it's just scene after scene of like hey, let's do some acid. <laughs> you know let's do this now and he's treating that girl like shit at pam and she just keeps coming back for more it's like med- that part was real though well yeah. I, that 
was well i had there. heard that that pam character is actually multiple women not just one yeah. woman that he treated hmm. like shit and i don't know if that's true or not but that's what i had heard well he was a terrible but, womanizer yeah he so. was but yeah. she, and she was the one that was with him last yeah and right so you know or the long so they kinda, and the longest yeah, yeah. But it's creepy. It's like right in the beginning of the movie, he's stalking her. Yeah. He follows her. He climbs up a window and he's like, I've been following you. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. me? Me? Oh. oh, my gosh. <laughs> and like gives him a kiss. And she kisses him. Kill her. Yeah, I know. And it's like, has anyone been that excited about being stalked? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was weird. And then she just, yeah, then they're just together. And it's like, funny because Whoa. that scene has like this weird... Um, like color washing to it. Yeah, and it kicks into Love Street mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he's like doing that whole thing. Love Street's playing in the background. You're yeah. kind of like, kind of weird. It's yeah, it's like Oliver Stone. Editing. You're telling me I'm supposed to like think this is romantic, and I think it's really horrible. Yeah, and I, it it was just like it's really weird. It's a really like misogynistic movie too, because there's just so much male gaze in it for just no reason. They're just like zooming in on ladies. And I'm like, who saw that? Who was looking at her? See with the doors for me, like I didn't like, that was actually on my list of movies. Yeah. But like, I enjoy the movie for what it is. Yeah. I enjoy the, uh, the way Oliver Stone portrays, he knows how to get that feel of the 60s and 70s yeah. through yeah. costume design yeah. and cinematography. And, like, I think everybody in that movie did a fair job. They did, yeah. But yeah. the problem is Oliver Stone always goes JFK. You never go yeah. JFK. JFK is a great movie. Yeah. But everything, nothing's really true. Yeah. Nothing is really, like, as it seems, and nothing is ever with him, like... Well, I'm doing a biography movie, but yeah. there's going to be a conspiracy in here too. Yeah, yeah you know? it's it's weird because you can tell the way things play out. I'm like, that didn't happen, and and like I think the one thing is like when they were uh, he saw the uh, commercial with Light My Fire and he throws the TV. It's like they didn't sell the song. They talked about it, but they didn't. Yeah, so right. it's like that's a little weird inaccuracy. You know, the way they play that whole scene where he's at the uh, Ed Sullivan show and he's like, get much high, you know, and he like, right, bugs right. in the camera and it's like, that is not what he does. I've seen that. And he just sings it like it's normal. He's and, just like kind of wandering around. Yeah, he's yeah. doing That's, his normal Jim Morrison I love, thing. I love the Jim Morrison way of performing. Yeah, I wish I more people did. He's just like, mm-hmm. he's just, just comes so out drunk. there, just come out yeah. there hammered and do it. Yeah. And I like Doors is another one of my favorite bands. I've loved them since too. middle yeah. school. They were like one of the first bands I like really got into. And I watched that movie in middle school and I was like, oh my God, there's just boobs in this and drugs. And <laughs> oh my God, crazy. Jim Morrison was a bad man, you know? And, and then I grow up and I'm like, this movie is crazy it has not aged well no no it hasn't i'll still watch it <laughs> every like, once in a while because i love the music yeah and and that's the th- jim or val kilmer sings some of the some songs yeah he sounds like jim morrison he sounds pretty good and yeah. then you and then like there are some recordings and it's kind of like blends in you know mm. but that is a 
one of the strengths of it is that he sings it and he does a good job. Kyle MacLachlan's great as Raymond yeah. Zarek. Uh, Justin Whaley plays um, Robbie Krieger. Krieger. Yeah, they're all good. And then who was Densmore? Oh, it was uh, Dylan. Yeah, Kevin Dylan. Kevin plays Dylan. Yeah. They all do a good job. I guess it's based on his book. It is. Too. Riders on the Storm, yeah. I believe. Yes. And I don't think he liked any, like Jim Morrison very much. <laughs> no, I and I think Jim Morrison, you know, you can talk about him all day long. Yeah, he was probably a shitty person. Probably. He was an alcoholic and an, yeah. a drug addict and a womanizer and all that. Uh-huh. But when you think about rock and roll icons, like, like he's here. Yeah. yeah. He is probably in that him. upper, like, top five echelon of the most iconic rock singers of Number all time. Number one for me. Yeah. I, I No one tops him for voice me. The voice. Just, his voice was pure. The it's voice. so good. No one can match that. No one. Now, no see, one ever will. That love him. I've been a vocalist since I was 15 years old. I've had professional training um, at college. You know, I've been in seven or eight, maybe ten different bands. I played instruments in bands. I played drums in bands. I, but mainly, I've been a vocalist. The way that they portray, oh, I just don't know how to like. Dude, yeah. you don't just walk into a room with a band and all of a sudden figure out that you have this amazing voice. Yeah, yeah there's never there's never in the history of the world. Me? Oh. Riders on the storm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, everyone's yeah. fantasy though that they could just oh, do that, you know. Yeah. And it does like it is trying to be like a fantasy. Like you do want to believe, oh yeah, it was rags to riches. It was you know just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But that's not the real story. Yeah, they were. And people will find out the real story, mm-hmm. and they're gonna know that your story yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, while watching it. Like with the Doors now, I knowing Oliver Stone's tendencies to do melodrama and conspiracy mm-hmm. and contort the truth. I mean, he's kind of like, I hate to say it, but Oliver Stone is great of a director as he is. He's kind of like the Alex Jones of absolutely. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, he, you know, he gaslights. He goes for yeah. whatever he can to try and upset and change things to his yeah. own yeah. personal he, watching ideal. It, I watched The Doors over again today and it's a movie that I've just, like I said, been watching since middle school, and I kind of like, kind of love to hate it. Like I don't, I don't yeah. like it, but like, yeah. I, I, I like to how I feel about it. It's really, yeah. I feel the same way about Natural Born Killers too. I yeah. like hate it, but I love it to hate it. Not, the movie has not held up well. Mm, yeah, I know. But uh, <laughs> I forgot I was gonna say. But uh, uh, I think I was gonna say, shoot, the one of the things I that like bugs me about it is they go in a couple times to that he lies about uh, his parents and where right. they are and they don't go into why he has a problem with his family and I would love to know why he, yeah. he did that. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. Um, he implies that Jim Morrison committed suicide, I think, in that movie, too. Oliver Stone is unhinged. He'll, like, imply anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. if he did a family home video, it'll be like, 
my grandson did Benghazi. <laughs> like, that level of, like, he's that unhinged yes. where, like... Buy my survival gear. Buy my survival uh, yeah. gear. Oh, yeah. Like, he's it, that level where it's like, yeah, yes. you can respect the craft, and yeah, he has his own vision and style, yeah. but he's batshit crazy. He, it yeah. says at the end, like, all these things happen where, like, he shows him, like, uh, acting suicidal a couple times, throwing himself out, uh, on the off the ledge twice. Oh, that's twice. right. At the very beginning of the movie, yep. he's walking along the edge like he's going to fall off. So it's like you already get this idea that this guy doesn't care about his life. And then he has this like calm about him, like when he's going to go to Paris. And it's like, oh, here you take my no, my my poetry book and nice knowing you, you know, like I'm going to go die now. And and then he dies. And then it says like something like they say he died of a heart failure you know and it's right, like right. i'm like oh uh-huh That's, but the, mm. the weird thing is that you do still hear theories about of course jim morrison that you know that somebody murdered him mm-hmm. and then in a or bar that, or that and, and took him up to the bathtub and left him there no people he overdosed i know it's, it's yeah. like it's you well my favorite thing is that he's not really dead and yeah. he's living in africa and that's right. just like one of my favorite fantasies that I he's just, like he's in the middle of a jungle like doing these like insane like vocalizations that right. like no human ear has ever heard <laughs> and no human has ever done like but like jim morrison like age see, 60 70 got to that point i'd love you to know? see some guy like on like a trip like stumble it he's like is that jim he's like ah. is that jim morrison <laughs> <laughs> he walks up this tiger's my only friend. friend. <laughs> I, this rhino's like, also my I f- friend. I faked my Chimpanzee, own my death. friend. <laughs> now I, I have a death. podcast. <laughs> He's a Twitch streamer. He sells his own bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> Buy my own bathwater. It's sixteen ninety five. Free shipping mm, for you. you. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah! <laughs> he does the Morrison scream. Yeah, <laughs> as he swings from a tree like Tarzan. That guy's like, that was the weirdest safari I ever took. Uh, we found Jim Morrison. We found though. Jim Morrison. He he's tried uh, to sell me his bathwater. That's nuts. <laughs> you know, what? people would buy his bathwater too. Absolutely. Oh, people would buy anything. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we saw his grave when we were in Paris. Yeah. And it is kind of a sight to behold. Oh, I always yeah. wanted to go because it's it is all graffiti mm-hmm. and nasty still, but you can't get to it. They have oh. a fence around it and security. You, it's pretty kind of gross. People like desecrated his grave, yeah, basically. Yeah. And I know they did it out of love for him, yeah. But it's kind of sickening in a way yeah. too. It's yeah. like just leave it there. Didn't they move his body too recently? I believe they did. I don't yeah. know where it is now. But... Because it wasn't there. Because yeah. he's not dead. Yeah, he's, he was in he's Africa. A, he's a Twitch streamer in yeah. Africa. <laughs> he's swinging from a vine in Africa. Swinging I love that. Vines. I love that. That's like my favorite little like. You know, if I have a bad day, I think mm-hmm. I think that's think okay. That Jim theory. Morrison's not dead. Jim he's Morrison. in Africa screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. This monkey's my only friend. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Jojo. <laughs> and then his brain's so fried with drugs that he's he just like I can't he just, any more words. words. He just sits there and like stares for a minute and he's having like a full on like acid flashback. Yeah, he doesn't even need he's it like, anymore. What the fuck? <laughs> and then he just stops. He's like, fuck Oliver Stone. He's like, fuck I'm Oliver here. Stone. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and the chimp's like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, yeah, he brought <laughs> Oliver Stone. I would believe that Oliver Stone would w- yeah. would have sex with a chimp. Yeah. No. I totally for a second believe, and the sex tape Why? would be bonkers. Why? Just think about it. It's like he's like having sex with the chimp. He's like nine eleven didn't happen. Like what? And you're what? so confused by watching him have sex it's with like, a chimp that you just believe anything he says. But right? it's like crazy angles. And the chimp's name like, is Grassy Knoll. And you see, it, you see like a a snake and a flame in the sna in the sand. Yeah. That's in that's in every it's Oliver Stone Jim movie, Morrison. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got. Oh, we are terrible. Yeah. So, do we have any more? I I do have one that um I always thought was kind of underrated. Did you ever see Nowhere Boy? The Ye- John Lennon. Yes. One? Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of liked that one. It was an interesting approach because with the Beatles, you have like so many of these biopics feel like filmed Wikipedia entries, mm-hmm. where it's just like on this day in 1967, he was on the Ed Sullivan Show and he performed. Blah, 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 blah. And this is just, it's a kid who grows up to be, like, a musician. And we just see him as, like, a young man. And it, that movie cuts off before yeah. Which the I think actual is, thing I think takes is interesting. Place. I think that's so, like, that's such a unique way to tell that story. Because so many of these movies are just, well, you're nobody, but now you have it all. But now you might lose it all. But and now you overdosed. Out. Now you overdosed? Or... You came back uh-huh. even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, and I understand it. you have a two hour movie. So you you don't you're not gonna like get detailed, but this kind of approach to it offers something different. Mm-hmm. It offers you a chance to you go, Well, this is the guy. And I right, like that right. it wasn't just like it could easily be I can easily see a Beatles movie like Bohemian Rhapsody. Where it's all the big moments, like you know, they're out in Ed Sullivan, uh, the Jesus Christ thing, and you could just it just be a cluttered montage mess of a movie. But I don't think that'll ever happen, though. Yeah. I think there's far too many Beatles movies already. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think that they're ever going to stray into doing a straight yeah. Beatles movie, and yeah. I really hope they don't. I hope so too. There's too much ground to cover. It would take three movies. And to I do love it. that with this movie, it's just this kid. It, you could easily take out the Beatles stuff, and it's still a really great drama about this kid finding his voice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what – it's a movie. It's not just, oh, oh it's this little, like a shot where you're like, do you get it? Oh, yeah, he's going to hold your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. like where it's just winking and nudging yeah. at you and poking you in the gut, and it's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to defer back to you because I know you had another one. I did have another one. And I I watched it for the first time last night because it was one I already always wanted to watch. And I thought perfect time is I watched uh, CBGB's or CBGB. It's just called there with uh, Alan Rickman plays Hilly Mm -hmm. Crystal, the guy who owned it. And uh, that movie was very I go back and forth on being like it was bad and it was good. It was bad. It was good. It's very historically inaccurate. I can tell because it's just like. A bunch of little vignettes and mm-hmm, little things yeah. that just happen and you know i'm like okay whatever um it is kind of a like everything's hunky-dory type movie and not a lot of conflict and i think that's what's bad about it because like the, yeah. i'm like okay well i know that this is a legendary bar so when you come in and you're ta- talking about all these problems you're having and you're running out of money and everything i'm like well, whatever. I, you know, you're gonna be at the the awning's gonna be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. It's like 
not yeah. there's no yeah. stakes here. And then they the the conflict they tried to have was with him and his daughter. Oh, that's right. And his mm. daughter, you know, trying to have the relationship with her and, you know, her working her working for him and like the big conflict is like, are you going to break up with your boyfriend and go to school? And it's like that's not a conflict. Yeah. A supportive dad is not a conflict. Yeah. That would have been a good movie for the Father's Day one, though, because that was... The, you know, yeah, the yeah. core of that story. Yeah. Mm. And I... That was one of those bad things where it's like these people just dressed up as rock stars and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, this recording kicks in. And it's... At the very end was Sting. And it was like, I didn't know who the hell this guy was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden... And I started cracking up. I started cracking up because it was just like, no one, I don't like the police really, but no one sings like Sting. So yeah. when you start singing, like, it's just too distinctive and this goofy yeah. looking guy is not him. It, some of the uh, people they had play the musicians looked pretty good. Yeah. Though. Some of them were mm. good. David Byrne looked just like him. Yep. Um, the guy who played Joey Ramone looked just like him. Uh, I can't can't think of anyone else right now. A lot of the, the guy who they got to play Stiv Bader is like nothing like him. I didn't even know it was supposed to be him. I just wish the movie was a little more like gritty too. Yeah. yeah. I felt it just glossed over so much. It like did. I thought it was a fair movie. Yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But I I respect the history of that club and right. kind of what it did for all those bands in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just Alan Rickman. I mean, God yeah, rest his soul. Best. Yeah. The he, best of the best. He did a great job. Yeah. He played yeah. that character really well. Just, you know, he was that character is a lovable loser. Just someone who, you know, he's not the best guy in the world. He screwed up a lot. You know, he yep. has a failed yep. marriage. Yeah. You don't even know what happened with him and his wife. But, I mean, it's a failed marriage. And even his daughter says, like, yeah, mom was right for leaving you. And so, it's, but like it is, Corey, he's like really good guy. Really mm-hmm. supportive. Yeah was a, like a big brother to a lot of people, you know, who needed that. And I thought it was cool that they had the, uh, they tied in the story about uh, Punk Magazine and they had um, the little animations from it, like little comic book stuff that kind of like did yeah. exposition. That was like mm-hmm. fun. And then in the end, I got like teared up because they showed Talking Heads, uh, like actual footage of Talking Heads, thank him. From when they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall. Oh, Hall that's thing. right. That's and right. And they just him and uh, David Byrne and Tina Weymouth like gave these like like loving speeches about how like yeah. no like like almost like he's their like father or something you know or uncle like you know he did so much just by giving them a place to play essentially. Yeah, he kind of fathered their yeah their art. And I think Tina Weymouth said he was the one who said you guys need to expand your sound. So he's like, so we have to thank him. Yeah. And they did. Oh, yeah. my God. Talking Heads. The holy best. crap. Yeah. They're awesome. By the time they did Naked, do you, have you, you've heard that album, correct? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. So after the Smiths broke up, Johnny Marr joined Talking Heads for a couple of years. When was that? Like, I believe 87, 88. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah. like too versed like into the 80s with it, them. This album had nothing but flowers on it. Yes. Oh, okay. And I know like, that one. Literally, it's funny because Johnny Next Marr has a very distinct him. guitar sound, and I had never heard the song before. Heard it on like 89X, 
And as soon as I heard the little, I'm like, that's Johnny Marr. Wait a Marr. second, that's Johnny Marr. Yeah. And looked, went and found the video. Yeah. I didn't and, realize that was him, but it, yeah. yeah, now that you say that, yeah. And that whole album, it's like Smith's yeah. guitar yeah. all over it. It's really cool. Yeah, Mike's the Talking Heads fan. So oh, like, okay. So but he like, knows. so he's got all the albums and everything, and like, I've kind of just like piggybacked on his fandom. So I know it all, but I don't. I don't know that I know. Like, I know yeah, I knew like it when you, you said know, it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's oh, very distinct. Them. Now, mm-hmm. when you listen to that album, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. hear the Smiths in Talking Heads." Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. But yeah, he was only in the band for a little while, like a year or yeah. two, maybe. So, a few we didn't mention: Walk the Line. I love Walk okay, the Line. Yeah. Uh, great film. Johnny Cash, beautiful story. Joaquin Phoenix does a great job. Oh yeah, that dude. Yeah. Yeah. The man. He is the man. Obviously, Sid and Nancy, mm-hmm. which again is revisionist history for sure. Yeah. That is a, we talked yeah. about that when we did the other rock one. That movie is like being dragged through the dirt. That is a hard watch. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Sid and Nancy? I have. I, I went on a binge where I watched a bunch of Alex Cox movies. Okay. And that was probably the roughest one I yeah. had to watch. It was a fantastic movie. I, I loved it, but it's that's terrifying. Like a, that's like a one and done for me. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. feel the feelings I felt watching that I movie. I saw it. I don't I barely even remember it to be honest. I don't even remember if I liked it or not. I probably just I don't know. It's depressing. It's just it's very depressing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's a depressing it's story. Intimate. So yeah, the entire thing. It's a hard watch. Yeah. yeah. Courtney loves in it, though, which yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 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 But I think I'm good for the night. Are you guys good? Yeah. Good. Yeah, cool. I think so. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. We got a couple ideas stewing. So. Stewing in the movie sleuth laboratory. Yeah, 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 yeah. So stick around. See what we come up with. Apologies to Jason Biggs. Yeah, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to out your pie secret. He should be apologizing to us. He yeah, should, he really honestly, should. Dude, <laughs> honestly, dude, I made that key lime pie for my family, and it's not a cream pie. Yeah. I'm really oh. mad. Ooh. So we got uh, Jason Biggs. You've Jason emotionally dude. scarred us. <sighs> Canceled. On that note, <laughs> maybe, sweet dreams. You, yeah, maybe <laughs> Jim Morrison and Jason Biggs. Oh, they room together. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what's going on. Jason Big, stop fucking that pie. Pie, pie, <laughs> pie, 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 pie. Put your pants back on. <laughs> you know, Jim Morrison might be into that, though. He might he probably be, is. yeah. It may, oh, God, it's a three-way. Uh, oh, we got to go. Bye. All right, good night. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. I love Visit you. us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.